Good morning and welcome to episode 417. Today, I'd like to paint a scenario. So picture this. Imagine that you're a caterer and you've done a really stellar job for a client. Let's also imagine that your specialty is um, grilled food, open baked meats, um, grilled rice, uh, grilled plantains, snails. I mean, basically anything that can be grilled. Corn, for instance. Um, yeah, so that's your specialty. Open air, open baked, open grilled, open cooked um, foods. Now also imagine that because of your service delivery and the poison and the conduct of your staff, one of the directors of an organization that you've been called to cater for calls your staff aside, they commend them for the service, and then they hand over their business card to be handed over to you. Because these sorts of things, you know, they do happen. Someone walks up to um, your staff, your second shooter, your server, your whatever, to say, ah, you guys, uh, correct, very professional, you've uh, done a good job. Uh, where's your madame? Okay, madame is not here. Okay, uh, give her this card, let her call me. So these things do happen. So if you're involved in this kind of scenario as the owner of a business, what should you do? The reason why I bring this up today is because it's actually something that has happened in my personal circles recently and it's kind of understandable that most people wouldn't know what the next appropriate step should be if they were in this situation and they probably would do nothing or in my own case they might lose the card because I was in this situation where somebody said oh you seem like you're real professional blah 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 we had the conversation love my camera everything and they handed the the fellow gave me over a business card that's back when i was um in lagos and it's like uh, and he said yeah give me a call and i said sure sir i will and then i promptly lost the business card because at the time i wasn't i hadn't been doing any learning about uh, sales uh, personal persuasion and those sorts of things so quite frankly i didn't know what it was that i was supposed to do what i was supposed to call him over so i kept the card and i'd look at it and i kept the card and then i'd find it and then i kept the card and i'd find it again and eventually i just lost the card so what should you do if you are in this scenario you're a young photographer you uh, you get yourself in this kind of situation or you are this um, absolutely stellar caterer that because um, this is something that actually happened like I said so it's not entirely a fictional um, scenario but it's something that a lot of us who find ourselves in um, especially if you're trying to be a real professional about how you carry on your um, business so what's the next appropriate step should you hang on to the card how should you follow up in general situations, when the prospect hands over their card, what are you supposed to do? Usually, it's the other way around with people asking for your own card. And I guess for those situations, you don't have a problem because you'll hand over your card or you hand over your flyer. So the next question is, what should we do and how should we proceed? Now, before we begin to examine answers to these questions, we have to give props to this um, caterer and also to anyone um, listening to this podcast now who finds themselves in this kind of situation. Now, you need props, um, just like the actual cage right here, because um, if you conduct yourself this way, then you're obviously not a run-of-the-mill professional. You have found a way to distinguish yourself from the herd. There are hundreds, probably thousands of caterers in every city, in Abuja, in Enugu, in uh, Makudi, uh, where else? I mean, wherever it is that you live, New York, 
New Jersey, wherever. There are hundreds and thousands of caterers. And as far as most people are concerned, it's just food. It's just, okay, meal. Maybe more fancier food than going to um, a mama put or whatever. But basically, it's all just food. And so if you're in this situation, you found a way to distinguish um, yourself, then props to you. Because it's a power move and it's not something that lots of people have figured out. And in this instance, this caterer that I'm talking about only grills food and only serves things that can be grilled or cooked over an open fire. And because of that, uh, this unique thing, she's, um, she's hard to miss. I mean, for people who like that sort of thing, you want uh, rice cooked over an open fire, served with uh, some kind of uh, bush meat or grilled prawns or uh, roasted plantains. Uh, what else? I think I've even seen some oyster kind of stuff. Um, I don't like fish. My wife is the fish person, so if she were here, she'd be the one to give you the details about the fish options. In fact, my wife was uh, raving over the um, fish platter. I think called it a fish platter. So basically, just this dish that has all kinds of... Um, seafood and you know stuff i mean if you're a seafood person i'm sure you can imagine all the things that would have been combined on the seafood platter so that is exactly what it is that this lady does so in a field where anybody can be a caterer or just another caterer she is different because she only does one specific thing so in the field of caterers if there are 20 caterers she is different for obvious reasons because she's not doing the same thing that everybody else um everybody else done sorry everybody else uh, does so if you are in this situation props to you because you have found a way to distinguish um yourself and um in a world where uh where there's lots of um commoditization of products and services you know it's something that we've spoken about over here on the podcast that as far as customers are concerned uh, you're pretty much all the same so, uh, okay, like in Nigeria, um, e-commerce now, Conga, Jumia, what's the difference? Some people might love one over the other, but for the average person, Conga, Jumia, you guys are the same thing. Um, KFC, um, there's KFC, there's TFC, that's, sorry, there's, K- there's uh, what's it called? Kentucky Fried Chicken, then there's uh, Tasty Fried Chicken, then there's, uh, what else? Hmm. Okay, then there's uh, Auntie Anjobi, I think. Auntie Anjobi, they also do chicken. So I'm, uh, for those of you who don't live in Abuja, these are brands that we see all over here in Abuja. So for the average person, they are all the same. You want jollof rice with crispy chicken or crunchy chicken, you just go to any of these outlets. So how do you find ways to differentiate yourself? How do you find ways to carve out um, a niche? And it's not just for the food folks. It's also the same for photography people. So... For photographers within a certain range that costs, you know, 50 to 100K, as far as the average customer is concerned, all of you look alike. How do you differentiate yourself? For those of you who are playing in the uh, mid-market range, you know, 300 up until maybe 800 or whatever, um, as far as the average uh, client is concerned, all of you look the same. I know as a photographer that I can tell some obvious differences to say this person lights this way, this person frames this way, this person edits this way, and so they are different. But as far as the customers are concerned, you're all the same. And for people who have the big bucks to pay, you know, 1.5M or whatever, to call T.Y. Bello or whoever to um, cover the wedding, 
um, first of all, I don't know how much he charges, so I don't know if it's as low as 1.5. But anyway, for people who have that kind of money, they just know that, well, if you look at T.Y. Bello and Kelechi Amadi and uh, what's the other guy, the third person in his collective, I keep forgetting the guy's name, John Iroha, aha, uh-huh, yeah. So, sorry, not Iroha, it's John something, I can't remember his name, John Iroha was my classmate, um, my late classmate, may he rest in peace. Um... Anyway, so uh, so within that category, people just know that you know, Sha, yes, you guys are all expenses and uh, expensive, and you guys are superstars, but you can't tell the difference. Professional photographers like me, I can tell the difference to say Ty Bello, this is how she shoots, this is how she lights. So Ty Bello is different from John, and they're both different from Kelechi Amadi, but the average person doesn't know how. So if you find yourself in this kind of situation, then kudos because you've done something that lots of people can't do which is that you have found an obvious niche and a strong way to differentiate yourself in the market. So even if you can't tell the difference between fried rice and coconut rice, because I can't, I just know that they taste good. I mean, I eat anything that's on the plate, really. I am a, um, I'm a master omnivore. I mean, I eat all kinds of meat and all kinds of food. I'll eat everything. I have a huge appetite, always have. But um, I don't have a sensitive palate, if you can put it that way. So what's the difference between uh, fried rice and coconut rice and uh, basmati rice and all the other kinds of rice? I have absolutely no idea. But the thing is, this caterer has found a way that even for an absolute food um, clots like me, I can tell the difference. I can say that, oh, all these other caterers, uh, I don't know how they're different, but that lady over there, oh, she's definitely different. And this is why. Because she does this and this and this and this and this and that. So if you find yourself in this situation, then um, strong kudos to you, strong props, because you found a way to differentiate yourself. Um, The challenge now is the world seems commoditized. And so um, if you differentiate yourself, you are one step above the rest. It makes it easier to have the sales and the marketing conversations because you know why you are different. And there's an obvious difference. And then, of course, also kudos and props to you if your staff are so well-trained and professional that they stand out to uh, the customers. Now, this is also a power move because you have realized that your staff are extensions of you and extensions of your brand. And so because of that, it also has um, implications for uh, the sales process and how you market yourself, how you present yourself, how you uh, position your product and your service. So, um, yeah, if you're in that situation, then uh, props to you. So, um, if your staff appear professional, then um, you, as a service provider, you know, as the main chef or the chief photographer or the chief planner or whatever, you're now going to appear uh, as more credible than the um, rest of the bunch. So, if you find yourself in this situation, you deserve kudos because you have achieved differentiation on two fronts. Number one, your product or your service is unique from the rest. And... um, simple clients like me we can tell the difference we might not be able to express it clearly but we'll be able to say that oh no Kemi the caterer is definitely not the same as uh, Funaya and Kunle and um, whoever is out there in the market um, then what else oh I said on two fronts what was the second one okay yeah your service delivery so you've distinguished yourself on the product and you've distinguished yourself on the service delivery so now let's try and answer the question since we've gone close to 10 minutes um, on this uh, intro stuff so when the potential customer um, or prospect hands over their card and talks about how they're impressed with your service what are you supposed to do 
So from a sales perspective, the answer is fairly simple. If you haven't been doing any uh, digging into uh, traditional sales theory, then of course you'll be lost like I was years ago when um, this older gentleman handed me the card, uh, we had the conversation and then he said, uh, you know what, give me a call. And I said, yes, sir, I will. And I kept losing and finding the card, but I never made that call. So uh, it doesn't have to be scary. The purpose of the call from a traditional sales perspective should be this. Of course, there are other perspectives. Uh, feel free to um, shop around. But this is how uh, things go from a traditional sales perspective. So if you have an old school um, sales trainer um, like me, who is not trying to do anything fancy, this is pretty much the framework, the process that you would adopt. Number one, you would call them to thank them for the business. Number two, you would get details um, about the aspects of the service that they loved. Number three, you will get details about things that you can improve on. And then number four, you will make a, re uh, a request for repeat business and referrals. This last bit is especially important because in traditional um, sales theory, we are not done once we collect the check. Uh, because once you uh, close a sale, you're actually opening a relationship. So we're actually trying to see how we can get people to come back for repeat business or referrals. Even if they don't buy from us personally, we can't really say that we have succeeded until um, we did such a stellar job that they refer us to uh, their friends, uh, family, um, their associates. So um, in the more modern way of looking at sales, is sales is simply it's a transaction. But the traditional way, um, sales is more um, cyclical. I start here and I loop all the way back and I'm just going around and around and around in circles. Um, for those of you who've been listening for any length of time, you're already aware um, you've probably listened to the podcast episodes where I talk about um, the customer lifetime value. So that's just the idea um, around it. It's not just one transaction, several transactions, get them to introduce it to other people and you are maximizing the value in the relationship. So a simple conversational outline could be something like, thank you very much, sir. It was a pleasure serving you guys last weekend. I hope you don't mind if I ask you a few questions because it would help me it would greatly help me um, improve my service because i like the opinion of uh, customers such as yourself you know i value the opinion of customers such as yourself now some of you might say this sounds um very formal and yeah you might be right but the thing is that's because it's me and that is how i talk um but you don't have to do things that way um the conversation doesn't even have to be in english because like i mentioned my video guy Shagun, especially when he lands with his village people, like um, the bride that we met at the bridal um, affair that, from, uh, that they're from, Ilori, because Shagun's from a different part of... Um, Shagun's from Kwara. They're from a different part of uh, Ilori. So, you know, they're there, village people, and then you know, next thing you know, they're doing batting batting and they're speaking Yoruba, and, you know, that's cool. So, if you can slide into Hausa or Yoruba or Igbo, you know, it's cool. But that is just the general idea that you should try and be... Uh, you should aim for. So as you guys are doing Parapo, you should be trying to thank them for the business, find out about things that they love, uh, find out about things you could have done better, and then make a play for repeat business and referrals. So it doesn't have to be as formal as the kind of thing that I would say, which would be, thank you very much, it was a pleasure serving you guys, can ask you a few questions, would help me improve my service, you know, I value your opinions, that sort of thing. So it doesn't have to be that um, formal. So uh, the reasons why you have to ask questions about what they loved is because uh, the things that they love, obviously, are the things that you should continue to do, especially if you have 20 of these conversations in a year and then 18 people say exactly the same thing, that 
this thing that you did was on point, then you now know that if 18 out of 20 people that you did business with in 2022 said that, you know, you absolutely rocked on this, then definitely you have to carry that over into next year. That is one of your strong points. You know, that's your USP, as we like to say in, uh, in Niger, your um, unique um, selling points. Then you should also ask questions about things you could have done better. Please note, I didn't say things that you did wrong, because in sales, we're always trying to use positive language. So things you could have done better so that you know what to improve on. Um, so in this case, stuff that you could have done better, maybe stuff that your staff could have done better. And the reason for having these kinds of conversations, I hope, is obvious, because if you're constantly doubling down on things that people like and improving on aspects of your service that didn't quite meet up to standards, then you'll be slowly building up um, on the aspects of your services, uh, of your business that are unique. And like I said earlier, this will help your sales and marketing efforts because now you know what you're a superstar in. When you know what makes you a superstar, um, it makes marketing and sales a lot easier because you know the parts of your uh, messaging that you ought to emphasize. You know, that's why some people, like in the manufacturing space, for instance, can say we are number one on so, 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 so. Like all those, uh, all these new companies now that sell um, solar panels and inverter batteries and um, stuff like that. So the reason why they can say most durable, um, so, 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 whatever in, uh, in the African market is precisely because they've been in the business for a while, like those Chinese companies, they've been in the business for a while, they have been selling in this market for a while, and customers have been telling them that they're the most reliable or the most trusted or the most whatever, and so they can say so confidently, they can say so uh, boldly. Just like Benetone and their, um, what's it called, the warranty, the warranty centers that they have. So they can boast about their um, services um, precisely because you know the market gives them that feedback like oh you're the only one who honors uh, the warranty no question asked um, blah 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 so um, yeah that's the reason why you should be having these uh, sorts of conversations now the hard part which seems like the most daunting part doesn't have to be when they hand over their business card they have obviously handed over their business card for a reason and so it's okay to ask about that now um, for those of you who are long-time listeners of the show, you know that I say sales is a question-led uh, process. So it's not about what you say. It's about the questions that you ask. So you can't, you shouldn't just call up and say, hey, Stavishima, you gave me your business card, and then you keep quiet. It has to be question-led and conversational. So it's okay to ask questions like, is there another event you would like me to cater for? Did you want me to add you to my mailing list? That's assuming you do have a mailing list, and that's how you promote your business. Is it okay for me to keep in touch with you once in a while? Do you have any friends or associates that would love this kind of experience? Do you know anyone planning any special celebrations soon? Which other of your friends and associates would you like me to call? Um, stuff like that. Now, like I said, it doesn't have to be this formal. Use your own flair. It doesn't have to be English. If you like to slide into your bar, house, or Igbo, you know, do your thing. But this is the general gist. And of course, you don't have to ask all these conversations, uh, all these questions at once, because that would be overload. So it's uh, one question at a time. They respond, and then you take the conversation from there. Now, um, it doesn't have to be all these questions, like I said, because any of these questions or any question similar to this kind of question is a good conversation opener to slide into the reason why they handed over the card um, to. Uh, um, to your staff. So let's say, for instance, you say, oh, did you want me to add you to my mailing list? You can say, oh, no, the reason why I gave it to you is because uh, my wife is planning 
um, so 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 and so uh, anniversary, and uh, I wanted us to talk. Um, you know how much will it cost or whatever. So you see, from asking one conversation, you have slid into um, one of the possible reasons for why they gave the uh, business card. So um, there definitely was a reason why they handed over the business card. So it's okay to bring it up and to ask. So in my own case, with the gentleman who handed me his um, uh, business card uh, about a decade ago at that wedding um, in Lagos, it could have been that he's just curious about cameras and he wanted to talk some more. And that is okay. It doesn't have to be that every single person who handed you over their business card wants to do business with you immediately. Let's keep building as many um, relationships with as many people as possible and put our name out there in the market. Uh, eventually, we're going to be able to sort out the serious from the, un, uh, from the unserious and to get some positive and profitable um, relationships. So it's okay if, uh, like in my own situation, the guy just wanted to talk short, talk about cameras. It's okay. That's fine. It's also possible that the reason why the guy wanted me to call him was so that I can advise him on which camera to buy. That's okay as well. I wouldn't have made some money off of recommending camera choices to him, but you never know. You're building your profile as a specialist and a trusted professional, so it might not. It might be a conversation that is not your waste of a waste of your time to have that conversation. That even though he doesn't want me to shoot his daughter's wedding, he wants me to advise him on the camera to buy. I'm sharpening my conversational skills. I'm making myself appear as uh, one of the trusted professionals in the market. So that would be okay. It's not going to be a waste of time. So don't worry if you call back and it doesn't lead to a business deal. So uh, don't worry about that. Just keep putting in um, the the reps. And uh, over time, as you get better uh, with this game and sorting people, sorting people out, um, the rewards are going to start... Um, the rewards are going to start piling in. So any of those uh, conversations, um, yeah, will be uh, will be good. Now, all this seems well and good, but what happens when the people don't answer their phone? Because there are lots of big people in society, and they don't have to be that big anyway, uh, because I don't consider my mom as um, a big woman, but um, while she was still um, in... Um, in business as a marketing professional uh, she wouldn't answer numbers that were not stored on their phone but then later on when um, uh, mobile phones uh, GSMs as we used to call them back in the day when GSMs came into the market and we all got phones she now would answer our phones because she figured hey it could be any of my children trying to reach me but there are lots of people who do not answer uh, phone numbers uh, that they don't uh, know so what do you do in this situation the, situa um, the solution is simple after the phone rings out, if you are in North America or Western Europe, then the solution is simple. Leave a voicemail. But of course, in Nigeria, nobody listens to voicemails. So even if there's a prompt that says, leave a voicemail, blah, 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 it's surprising. But yes, there are those people in Nigeria who still have those um, prompts available. Uh, don't leave the voice message if you're based in Nigeria. I'm assuming maybe in Ghana it's the same. So... What you do is you leave a WhatsApp message or you leave a text message. And the text message should have a few elements. It should have an appropriate greeting. You should state your intention. You should ask a question and then you move to close. Now, I'll explain all those um, shortly. Now, what's an appropriate greeting? That depends on how you talk and the context of how you met the client. So the way I would give an appropriate greeting is not the way you would give an appropriate greeting. And uh, like I, the example that I gave, uh, my friend uh, Shagun, who was uh, uh, doing parakwa with his um, with his uh, village people? You know, his own appropriate uh, greeting could be different. For him, it could be baoni, and that's okay. 
for me, it could be um, um, good morning, sir, and that would be okay. For you, it could be uh, good afternoon, chief, and that's okay, or good afternoon, madam, or whatever, and that would be uh, fine as well. So, uh, what was I? Sorry, I just got distracted. The spider came into my recording space and I was trying to kill it, and I think he survived. So, he who fights and runs away lives to fight another day. So, after I'm done with this, I have to look for that spider and kill him. So, where was I? Yeah, appropriate greetings. So, appropriate greetings, uh, yeah, that depends on how you talk and it depends on the context in which you guys met. So, just feel free. Um, and uh, feel free, freestyle on that. Eventually, you'll find the right um, wording and the right, what well, I say, approach that is right for you guys. So, um, in this scenario with the Ketra, if you are to send this text message that said something like, Good afternoon, sir. This is Kemi, the Ketra from last Saturday's event. You gave my server your business card and I tried calling in response. Let me know when you're available to talk and I'll call you back. I'd love to see if I can be of service to you and your organization in the future. You know, full stop. So, a text message like that is probably the kind of thing I would send. Maybe it's too formal for your tastes, but remember, do it however it is that you feel... Um, you uh, you see fit, but most important thing is you have to hit those key elements that um, I laid out um, earlier in the uh, in our conversation. So it doesn't have to sound this uh, formal. Uh, you can also text in Yoruba or Hausa or Igbo. That's if you know how to text in those languages. But the gist is the same. Your message should greet and say who you are, because in this case, um, you're a stranger. You should also point out why you called. That's the bit in my message where I made reference to, you know, the guy handing over the card to one of my servers. And then uh, the part about closing is where you gain a commitment so that you guys can talk at a future date. So that's where I said, let me know when you're available to talk and I'll call you back, blah, 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 blah. That's just uh, my own way of um, gaining the commitment so we can talk in the future. So that actually is what a close is because some people hear close and they assume that close means collect the money. So closing isn't just collecting the money. Closing is getting a commitment from the other party to do something in the future. So me asking, let me know when you're available to talk and I'll call you back. That is me trying to get a close so that we can have some future conversation. Okay. So there's a lot more that we can uh, expand upon, especially from a sales perspective, as what we should do um, when we're in this kind of situation. But for now, this is just an uh, overview of uh, how to conduct yourself if you uh, find yourself in this kind of um, context. Then, um, of course, details will change or there's a whole lot more that we can um, talk about depending on the uh, service that you offer, whether you're a caterer, a photographer, or an MC, or whatever. So we can flesh it out in any number of um, directions. But I guess that's something that we can do if you happen to be at any of the um, live uh, the live sessions that that's if I happen to conduct a live session for you, uh, your team, or your organization, then um, of course we can flesh these things out more um, in detail. So, uh, bottom line is that uh, sales conversations, business conversations, phone conversations, these things don't have to be hard and they don't have to be scary. So long as you have a simple conversational framework, you can have fruitful conversations with total strangers. So I hope this has been useful so that you don't find yourself in the situation where I was 10 years ago, where you have this awesome conversation with this dude with, who, quite frankly, looked like he was loaded. And you guys have talked about cameras and uh, DSLRs and SLTs and um, 
uh, well, that's where the tech was then. Now we have mirrorless and other stuff. But yeah, but you, you won't just have that awesome conversation. Then they hand over the card and say, give me a call. And then you don't know if to call, when to call, or what to say. Or like in this Ketra situation where somebody's like, ah, you guys did a really, really good job. Give this card to your madam. And your Ketra comes and says, oh, uh, auntie, Augusta, I should give you this card. And then you're looking at the card. You say thank you, but then you don't know um, what to do. So I hope um, this helps. So thank you very much for listening to today's episode. Sorry I went on for over 20 minutes. It looks like I tried to cover too much in today's uh, recording. So tomorrow I'll try and uh, rein things in a little bit. We'll answer only just one question. So uh, thanks for your time and attention. I'll catch you guys at the next recording.